No. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, my name's Oriana, and I'll be doing the um, Bible reading tonight. Uh, the first Bible reading comes from Romans 8, chapter, Romans 8, verse 26 to 27. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our what we ought to pray for but the spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans and he who searches our hearts knows the minds of the spirit because the spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God the second bible reading tonight comes from 1 Corinthians 4 uh, 14 verse 1 to 4 Follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the spirit, especially prophecy. Anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people, but to God. Indeed, no one who understands them, they utter mysteries by the spirit. But the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging and comfort. Anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves, but the one who prophesies edifies the church. This is the word of Lord. Um, are you just going to pray? So if you want to just bow your head and um, close your eyes. Hey God, we want to thank you that you are so present and good uh, in the times around us that can be so confusing and there can be so much turmoil. Um, thank you that you are so present and you are so uh, open to what we have to share. Um, I want to thank you for what you've laid on Amy's heart tonight and may we have the ears and the heart to hear what she has to say and have the courage to act on that, God. Uh, thank you for the way that you will work and reveal yourself in new ways to us. Amen. Hi, church. I'm glad you could join us tonight. I really hope you're doing okay in lockdown 4.0 and can use this time to possibly slow down, recharge and refresh before the busyness of life kicks in again. Tonight we continue on with our spirit series and I'm going to talk specifically about the Holy Spirit in prayer. To be honest, I found this topic both personally stretching and theologically challenging. It has made me have to question my beliefs around the role of the Holy Spirit and prayer in my own life. I really hope tonight that you too will be able to stop, reflect and be challenged on your own ideas and thoughts around this topic. Over the past few weeks, both through this sermon series and maybe in your small group discussions, there has hopefully been a couple of truths that have really stood out when discussing the Holy Spirit. And as we talk specifically around prayer and the Holy Spirit, I just want to again highlight these things really briefly. Firstly, we need to understand that we are not praying to a power or a force, but a person. It's not always easy to relate to the Holy Spirit. It makes far more sense talking to a father or a son because these are types of people that we are familiar with. The Holy Spirit is a lot harder to personify. The Greek word for spirit is pneuma, which means breath of God. How do we relate to breath? Yet scripture is clear that the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. And so we must understand that when we pray, we are praying to a person, not a power or a force. Secondly, I want to remind you that if you have accepted Christ as your Lord, then you have received the Holy Spirit. We can get confused as there are many times in the Bible where people also receive an infilling 
of the Spirit for a special mission or purpose. However, we all receive the Holy Spirit when we become Christians. In fact, in Ephesians, Paul speaks about it as a seal upon us, showing evidence that we are united with Christ. Paul also has a bit of a crack at the Christians in his letter to the Galatians. In chapter 3, he asks them, Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by believing what you heard? We need to know firstly that there is nothing we can do to earn the Holy Spirit's presence in our lives. Once we have believed, we receive all three persons of the Godhead in our lives, the Father, Son and Holy Spirit. If we want to understand simply who the person of the Holy Spirit is, we can trust how the Bible describes him as the personal presence of God. We can't get more or less of the Spirit, but I believe we can tune in more or less to the Holy Spirit through prayer. So tonight, as we zoom in on this topic of the Holy Spirit and prayer, I want to look at three main areas. Firstly, praying with the Holy Spirit and his role of intercession. Secondly, revelation by the Holy Spirit, specifically looking at what the Bible says about tongues and prophecy. And thirdly, how the Holy Spirit allows us to pray to our Abba Father. Firstly, let's look at what it is to pray to the Holy Spirit and specifically how he intercedes for us. Earlier, Oriana read for us Romans 8, 26 to 27, which says... In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. So often we can see ourselves as weak or bad prayers. Paul is pointing out that the Holy Spirit comes alongside us in our weakness and helps fill out the gaps in our prayers. He doesn't intervene to correct or fix our bad prayers. Rather, he sees our limited capacity and knows and does not condemn our weaknesses. Instead, he helps us in it. If I had to come up with a simple picture of what it looks like for the Holy Spirit to intercede on our behalf in our weakness, I would say it's kind of like a small child who is upset and not really able to to communicate their need. And a parent comes alongside them, comforts them and knows what will help them in that moment and what their heart is desiring. A parent can interpret what they need in their weakness and act on their behalf. The Holy Spirit does this for us. He steps in and he intercedes for us. When we look through Romans 8, there is a clear theme of groaning Verse 26 mentions that the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. If we jump forward to verses 22 to 23 in Romans 8, we see what Paul says. He says, we know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. Creation groans, we groan, and the Spirit himself groans. 
To be honest, I feel like I have been groaning the past six months since being pregnant. And this last week, I've been sick with a head cold on top of the usual pregnancy ailments. And honestly, it has felt like a struggle to even just get this message to you here today. I love what Tim Chester says in his book, Enjoying God. He says, creation groans because it's subject to frustration. We groan because we feel the brokenness of the world in our lives, often in our bodies. God is not frustrated, nor is he broken. But through the spirit, he feels our pain with us. Every groan we utter is echoed by the spirit. And when the pain seems too much and our words run out, the spirit continues on our behalf. What are you groaning about? Is it sickness, grief, disappointment, injustice in the world? Know that as you groan, the Holy Spirit is interceding for you. He is presenting your heart and mind's desires to the Father on your behalf. As believers, Paul also encourages us to groan inwardly for our future in eternity with God. We are not meant to get too comfortable with the world we live in, but we are to groan for the brokenness and justice around us. As we read in Romans 8, Paul says we eagerly wait for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. And in 1 Corinthians 5, to, uh, chapter 5, verses 1 to 5, it also talks more about this. And I encourage you to go away, look it up and read it. Let's not be afraid to eagerly anticipate what the Lord has for us beyond this life. In fact, it is a good thing for us to have a heavenly perspective each day we live here on earth, reminding ourselves of what is truly important. This idea that the spirit intercedes for us can be hard for our minds to grasp. But I'm sure like me, you may have had an experience where you have been in prayer and perhaps have entered in feeling stressed, overwhelmed, tired, anxious, and yet you have left with your heart feeling refreshed and light. It's nothing we do. The Holy Spirit is the one interceding for us, lifting our burdens, lifting our shame, guilt, stress, and renewing our hope and faith. The Spirit himself has prayed and the Father has heard. Finally, when praying with the Holy Spirit, we are to remember that when he intercedes for us, he is being our perfect advocate. In John 14, Jesus himself says, But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have said to you. The Holy Spirit is able to bring the things of Jesus into our hearts and minds supernaturally, not by our effort or amazing ability to remember, but by being our advocate and acting through his amazing power and will. We don't need to strive in our prayers. Be encouraged that part of the Holy Spirit's role in prayer is to intercede on our behalf. The second theme I want to draw out of this topic, Holy Spirit and prayer, is that the Holy Spirit brings revelation through prayer. And I want to look specifically at two of the spiritual gifts that can occur to allow revelation, speaking in tongues and prophecy. Let me be completely honest with you. I have been in churches and walked with God most of my 36 years of life. And yet I sit here today and say that I still don't fully understand the mystery of praying in tongues and prophecy. I was only about 14 years old when one Saturday night I dragged a few of my friends from school along to a Christian youth event in Geelong, some who were Christians and some who weren't. 
We were prayed for afterwards and all of us started to speak in tongues. It was both a bizarre and a profound experience. And from that, it probably led me to believe for a long time that receiving the gift of tongues was really quite easy and normal for anyone who wanted to receive it. As I have matured in my faith, I know this is not the case. People around me who are the most solid, faith-filled Christians have never spoken in tongues before and not from a lack of desire or asking God. The same mysteries lie with prophecy. I've seen people that have never met someone else before give a profound and true word for them, which has been life-changing. I've seen people called out in the middle of a church service and it was as though God himself was speaking to them. I've even had this happen to myself and I still think about these prophetic messages as I've seen them come to fruition over time. Depending on our faith journeys and different experiences, we can have really different opinions around these two spiritual gifts. Unfortunately, sometimes we can develop a couple of unhealthy responses to either our lack of understanding or our uncomfortableness around these spiritual gifts. We can be completely put off or fearful and just sideline this part of Christianity, thinking it doesn't apply to us. Or we can feel insecure and like we are not good enough Christians if we don't partake in these gifts. Church, I really encourage you to avoid both of these attitudes. Don't allow yourself to be robbed of a peace and freedom in your faith and relationship with God by blocking out one part of him or by allowing insecurity to take over. Be open to the spirit on these topics and look mainly at what the Bible teaches us about tongues and prophecy, which is what we're going to do now. We read in Acts 2 of the coming of the Holy Spirit, the helper that Jesus had promised his disciples. And in Acts 2, 4, it says, All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. And after Pentecost, we read about many situations in Acts where the Holy Spirit comes and imparts the gift of tongues. Acts 10, 44 to 46 says, While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on Gentiles, for they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. Acts 19.6 says, When Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke in languages and prophesied. From these verses, we learn that tongues can often come as a result of the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And tongues are a gift that can be given to any believer. There is no spiritual hierarchy here. You don't need to earn enough Christian gold stars to be worthy of the gift of tongues. Having said this, Just because every believer can receive this gift doesn't necessarily mean that all will receive it. Paul points out that it is a desirable gift, even though it isn't a requirement of faith. If we look at 1 Corinthians 12, 27 to 28, we read, Paul says, Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. And God has placed in the church, first of all apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, of helping, of guidance, and of different kinds of tongues. All are apostles, all are prophets. Sorry, 
Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, do all work miracles, do all have gifts of healing, do all speak in tongues, do all interpret. Now eagerly desire the greater gifts. The point here being that we all have our part to play in the body of Christ and shouldn't feel that one person's gift or giftings are more superior to others. From these verses, it makes sense to me that not all believers will receive the gift of speaking in tongues, just as not all will receive the gift of prophecy or healing or miracles. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 to 14 sheds a lot of light on, the t- on these topics of tongues and prophecy, and I encourage you to go away and read these three chapters if you want to know more about this topic. I want to read tonight just from the beginning of chapter 14, and I want you to bear in mind that the previous chapter, chapter 13, is famously read at so many weddings, love is patient, love is kind, etc. And Oriana before read chapters 14, 1 to 5, And now I'm going to read the same, but from the New Living Translation, where it says, Let your love be your highest goal, but you should also desire the special abilities the Spirit gives, especially the ability to prophesy. For if you have the ability to speak in tongues, you will be talking only to God, since people won't be able to understand you. You will be speaking by the power of the Holy Spirit, but it will all be mysterious. But one who prophesies strengthens others, encourages them and comforts them. A person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally, but one who speaks a word of prophecy strengthens the entire church. I wish you could all speak in tongues, but even more, I wish you could all prophesy. For prophecy is greater than speaking in tongues unless someone interprets what you are saying so that the whole church will be strengthened. From these verses, Paul teaches us quite a bit. Firstly, some background here is that the Corinthian church were using the gift of tongues as a sign of spiritual superiority rather than as a means of building up the church and creating unity. Paul did not have a problem with the gift of tongues. He simply disapproved of the Corinthians' use of the gift without an interpreter. We too can learn from the Corinthian church. If we are exercising our spiritual gifts to make ourselves look good or feel good, then we have completely missed the point of these beautiful gifts that God has given us. Secondly, Paul teaches us that speaking in tongues is a conversation between us and God through the Holy Spirit. Thirdly, Paul is also teaching us about prophecy. Prophecy is essentially proclaiming a message from God. It may involve predicting future events, but its main purpose is to communicate God's message to people, providing insight, warning, correction, and encouragement. The fourth thing we learn from this text is that edification or the building up of something plays a large role in both tongues and prophecy, both for the spiritual development of the individual and the congregation. Speaking in tongues edifies a believer and creates a sense of closeness and intimacy with God. Prophecy builds up and edifies the church. Lastly, we learn that God ultimately gives us these gifts, not just as a fun hobby, but to help us reach unbelievers and further his kingdom. Ephesians 6, 18 to 20 says this, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. 
Pray also for me that whatever I speak, words may be given to me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an, am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Whether it is prophecy, speaking in tongues, or simply by spending time with the Holy Spirit through prayer, he brings revelation to our lives. My final point is this. The Holy Spirit allows us to pray to our Abba Father. Galatians 4, 6 says, Because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out Abba Father. Abba Father literally means daddy. It is the most intimate and personal way we can relate to the Father. Paul in Galatians is pointing out that because of the Holy Spirit in us, we are able to address God in this way. We see a similar statement made by Paul in Romans 8, where it says, For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. In a few weeks, Mark will be finishing off our spirit series with the topic of the spirit of adoption. So I won't go into detail about that tonight. However, I want to address again what Paul means when he says we cry, Abba, Father. And the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Think about this beautiful picture for a moment. When we first believed, we received the Holy Spirit and we are forever a child of God who is linked with the Father's heart in this state of permanent intimacy. The only time Jesus himself uses this personal title for the Father is when he is crying out in desperation in the Garden of Gethsemane right before he is to be crucified. He prays, Abba, Father, Everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. In Jesus' absolute desperation, he uses this term to address his father. And yet Paul tells us in both Romans and Galatians that because of the Holy Spirit in our lives, we too can address the father as daddy. Think about what that means for you for a moment. Think about what this means for your prayers. You are not just sending out empty words to a distant God. You literally have the ear of a loving dad because of the Holy Spirit. Maybe tonight you feel distant from God. Perhaps you struggle to pray at all for fear of what to say or for fear that no one will talk back. I encourage you to take the first steps back to God or maybe the first steps you've ever taken towards God and offer up your heart, your life, your whole self, no matter what state you are in, God will lovingly accept you and affirm you as his child. The longer we are in relationship with God and praying to and with the Holy Spirit, the better we learn to hear and recognize his voice. This has definitely been true in my life. There are things that God said to me in the past that I haven't even realized were from him until years later. I'm still learning the art of recognizing his voice in my life. In finishing up, I really want to ask you a couple of questions and maybe you could close your eyes while I ask these. Firstly, what can you do to allow the Holy Spirit to intercede in prayer for you? 
How can you better be ready to receive and utilize the spiritual gifts God may want to give you? And lastly, how can you learn to pray to your Abba Father? If you're not sure how to answer any of these questions, can I encourage you to start by praying a really simple prayer, something like, Holy Spirit, lead me today. I surrender my life, my schedule, my decisions and actions to you, and I lean on your perfect guidance. Then wait and be ready to hear his voice. In finishing, I want to show you something that my five-year-old son, Lewis, came home from school wearing last Monday. Hopefully you can all see that. When, I, when Lewis walked in the door after school, I asked him, what is on your head, Lewis? And he responded very matter-of-fact with, the Holy Spirit fire, mum. The boys attend a Catholic school just down the road and they've been learning about Pentecost. And it honestly made me laugh thinking about all these little preppies leaving school that day, walking around queue with the Holy Spirit fire on their heads. And as cute and humorous as this picture is, it prompted me to think that perhaps we should all have one of these crowns to wear each day, a physical reminder that the person of the Holy Spirit is with us always. He is just one conversation away. Let me pray for you as we go. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for all that you do in our lives. We thank you for your son, Jesus, and that through him, we can have complete salvation. We can have a relationship with you. Our debts, our sins are forgiven and no longer do we need to live in guilt and shame. And we thank you for your Holy Spirit. We thank you that your Holy Spirit intercedes for us. We thank you that he intercedes for us in our prayers that we're not even sure what we want to pray and in our groanings, Lord. We thank you that the Holy Spirit gives us spiritual gifts, Lord, and we pray that you help us to explore these, to utilize these to further your kingdom. And we thank you that your Holy Spirit allows us to pray to you and call you Abba, Father, that personal title that you allow us to have. I pray for anyone tonight who is feeling distant or fearful about your spirit. I pray that you would speak to them even now, wherever they are, sitting in homes, maybe at work, maybe in the car, Lord. Would your spirit speak to them, remind them of how loved they are, that they are a child of the living God and that you see them as a beautiful gift and a child to be cherished. So we thank you so much, Lord, for everything that you have promised us through your word. And we just pray that you would continue to teach us by your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great night, church. Thank you so much, Amy. Um, 